Counterspin Media presents Kelvin Alp on assignment in Operatia Moskva. Dispatch number five. Conversation with Dr. Atapol from Thailand and commentary from Amy Benjamin. Welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Counterspin. My name's Hannah Spira, and this is part of our special series, Operation Moscow. Now, we're now at dispatch number five. Calvin is still in Moscow over there in Russia. Uh, the conference has finished, um, and that is, of course, the multipolarity forum put on by the international Russophile movement. Um, so while he's still there for a few more days, he has been getting some interviews. And the one we're going to be playing in this episode is um, with Dr. Atapol Sunjan Habirom. Hopefully I have pronounced that correctly. He is a doctor um, from Thailand and he was part of the team that actually treated the Thai princess when she, what looks to be, uh, had a vaccine injury. So they're going to be having a bit of a chat about that. Um, And... What we're going to do, but before that, is talk to a special uh, friend of Counterspin. She's a a um, regular guest here. Her name is Amy Benjamin. Now, I'm going to read out her bio because it's really important. We don't often always do her extended bio, but it's really important that you realise just how... Uh, educated she is actually and how much of an honor it is to have somebody like her on the side of truth and speaking out against the globalists because here in New Zealand as far as I know she's the only academic that is willing to stand up and tell the truth because you know she's she's actually a very courageous woman so Amy Benjamin she is the former senior lecturer in public international law she's a graduate of the Yale Law School and before that she majored in history at Princeton where she completed her undergraduate degree. And following law school, she served as a law clerk for former United States Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. And thereafter, she served as a trial lawyer for the US Department of Justice in the federal courts of New York City. She is American. Uh, She does have a channel on Rumble called The American Spirit. And while she was an academic here in New Zealand at the Auckland University of Technology, Between the years of 2016 and 2021, she published some major studies in peer-reviewed journals relating to false flag state terrorism, fraudulent Western humanitarian wars, governmental secrecy, and the corruption of international law by globalist scholars. So, there you go, Kate Hanna. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um... Anyway, we will bring her on now. We'll get some commentary about the, the big picture and what she feels like this this um, com- conference means for Russia. And then we'll come back and um, we'll watch the interview with Calvin and we'll get her commentary after that. So welcome to the show, Amy. It is absolutely great to see you again. It's always a pleasure to be on. I love Counterspin. Yeah, we absolutely adore you too. And um You've been watching this conference um, closely and, you know, seeing a bit of the coverage that Calvin's putting out there. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Let's just start, you know, um, at the top. What do you think this multipolarity conference has been all about and how do you see it in the bigger picture? Well, I think there's I think there's definitely a bigger context. Um, first of all, um, you know, you have to take it in the context of what's happening to the globalist controlled mainstream media, called the MSM. Um, right now, in real time, um, globalist controlled mainstream media is really losing its voice. 
it's hem it's going into bankruptcy for example um there's some outlets in the united states that are going down such as vice they used to be worth billions of dollars and now they're they're basically closing their operations here in new zealand news hub is is hemorrhaging uh, journalistic staff um they're losing money because uh, well we can get into why they've 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 lacked viewer, viewership for a long time but but now a lot of their corporate backing is uh, is drying up and in real time, they're being discredited by um, revelations of false reporting uh, regarding Russia um, in, in the past several years. For example, the reporting relating, uh, related to the death of, of the, uh, Navalny and uh, reporting uh, related to um, what was happening in Ukraine back in 2014. The New York Times has just published a, a story basically admitting that uh, um, uh, indirectly, that their reporting for many years about Ukraine was was false. So mainstream media is in real time going down, and the Russians have chosen this moment to elevate and give a platform to authentic and independent and objective journalism from around the world. And I think that's what this conference is about. And it couldn't come at a more at a more telling time because the contrast between this burgeoning global authentic an independent journalism on the one hand and the demise in real time of mainstream media on the other, it offers quite a contrast to anyone looking. It's also really nice to see the Russians go on the uh, on the offensive in the info wars. Um, for the last 20 years, the Russians have played it very defensively and almost passively in terms of trying to persuade world opinion about what has been really going on geopolitically and geostrategically. And I know they had reasons for that. This is not meant as a criticism, but it's nice to see the Russians, who are really experts of propaganda when they choose to be, begin to engage in the info, info wars and go on the offensive. Um, I think the Russians have a pro-humanity agenda, and to see them take uh, begin to act less passively, more offensively in the info wars, for me, is a really good sign, a very, very good sign. So I really applaud the convening of this conference, and I think in general, it's a fantastic sign. Yes, and of course here in New Zealand with that news of News Hub, their newsroom about to lose 300 uh, staff in June, there are talks now of the New Zealand government somehow stepping in, um, but who knows what will happen. I mean, are we really seeing the fall of the legacy media and the rise of new media that remains to be seen. Um, Winston Peters, he is the Deputy Prime Minister here in New Zealand at the moment, has been uh, waging his own war, I guess you could say, on the mainstream media here in New Zealand and they have uh, had discussions that's come out recently behind the scenes of whether they should even report uh, the comments he makes about mainstream media and how corrupt they are really. But whilst he might be singing, you know, a few good tunes about the media, he still seems to be parroting the globalist narrative talking points when it comes to the Ukraine. Uh, New Zealand has now given $100 million to that war, uh, Amy, and yesterday... Winston Peters came out issuing 60 more, 61 more sanctions against Russia. What would you like to say about that? He's ignorant. He has no idea what's been going on Ukraine, on in Ukraine for the last Sorry. 10 years. Um, the, the New York Times just came out with a story just in the... Um, reporting that beginning in 2014, after the West got rid of, it staged a coup d'etat against a democratically elected government in the Ukraine, that the Pentagon then set up 
upwards of between 12 and 20 spy bases in Ukraine back in 2014. The war against Russia in Ukraine by the West began in 2014. This is indisputable. For Winston Peters to think that the war began in 2021 or 2022 when Russia invaded Ukraine is preposterous. And for him to think that the Russians were acting offensively against Ukraine um, is um, is preposterous. He's 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 ignorant on this issue, and uh, uh, and 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 his position is 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 woefully wrong. Yeah, and I guess I probably would bring in the comment here that where is the left, Amy? Where where is the outrage at this war that's being waged, um, prominently led, of course, by the American. Um, the American political regime, you know, Biden and the like. Uh, and and that's basically taxpayers all around the world are forking out money for a war that has nothing to do with them. And this, you know, under the Bush administration, the left would have been up in arms about this. Um, so I just find it fascinating that for some reason they're very quiet. I mean, maybe this is a good place to segue into the the idea of real outrage versus the fake outrage and the real virtue signalling, well, the real virtues, but in, in opposition to that, just this virtue signalling that the left seems to be doing, but they're, they're very quiet on this issue. Well, the, the story of how the left got co-opted by the war machine, um, you know, would require um, several, several books to tell and or several uh, volumes of an encyclopedia. The war, the left was very anti-war in the 60s and, I think Catherine Austin Fitz describes really beautifully how the left got co-opted um, and seduced by the military-industrial complex in the United States. They, the left have benefited financially, their stock portfolios in particular benefited financially from the proceeds of making war abroad. Um, and they, they got seduced and corrupted and they lost their anti-war bona fides. And many commentators have have tracked and traced this. I'm I'm hardly the first one to note it, but uh, you know the left today looks nothing like uh, the left of the 1960s. And much of RFK Jr.'s candidacy is calling attention to that fact. I think he said that uh, uh, you know the the left, the Democratic Party, bears no 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 relation to the Democratic Party that his father and uncle were a part of. Um, so this is this is this is definitely a story that. Um, is 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 clear in its outlines and is being told by by people who 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 can see. Yeah, and many people say that about the left here as well. You know, the Labour Party of today is nothing like the Labour Party of old. Uh, it seems to be a story that's you know unfolding the same all around the world. Now, what about this word multipolarity? And this has been the key word of the conference over there um, in Moscow. Can you just explain a little bit more to the audience what it means and and uh, how important it is now? Multipolarity is a beautiful thing because it means freedom of national communities. Nation states call them national communities to basically um, have sovereignty to 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 be the determiners of what happens on uh, within the confines of the national boundaries. It, you know, we as individuals, we like freedom. Well, nations like it too. And it means, um, you know, uh, dialing back the centralized control of international institutions over national communities, stop dictating to them. And once you do that, you get many centers of power, many centers of influence, many centers of, uh, of thriving, national thriving. And that's true multipolarity. When nation states, national communities protected by national boundaries are allowed 
to go their own way on a host of things, economic decisions, health decisions, um, decisions about, for example, censorship, decisions about um, LGBTQ or STUV things, uh, trans uh, humanism, the trans agenda in general. When nation states are given the freedom to determine um, what the good life works for each of their communities. That's true multipolarity. Um, the, under the globalists for the last 20 years, certainly 40 years uh, more generously, um, you know, they've done away with multipolarity. It's been a unipolar world. They've dressed it up in terms like rules-based international order. The only rule was that the rest of the world would do what the West wanted. Um, they've tried to tout diversity, but it was not multipolarity because um, the West, the cabal, would co-op the highest echelon officials in each nation state. They would bribe them. They would control them through extortion. They would entrap them. They would get them to do the bidding. And their bidding was the usual World Economic Forum and UN bureaucratic mandates related to a host of issues. And nation states were then because their, their highest officials were compromised and controlled, um, they basically had to step in line and hew to a very centralized and, I would say, nefarious um, set of agendas set by unaccountable political actors at the highest levels of the supranational bodies and institutions. And what Russia is proposing through a multipolarity conference is to get political power decentralized down to the nation state level where it should never it should never have left. And this is a wonderful thing. So hopefully the Russians will help nudge us toward a true multipolar order where national communities have genuine and real and tangible say in what thriving looks like for each of their communities. And what do you say, Amy, to people who might say, well, you know, Putin was um, part of the World Economic Forum. Um, he still got ties to those international organisations. He still went along with the COVID narrative, um, the World Health Organisation. How do we put that into the bigger picture perspective? Well, you know, you have to get a sense of the man by looking not just at gestures, but his real actions. I haven't heard in terms of the Sputnik vaccine being introduced in Russia in response to the COVID virus, and in inverted quotes. I haven't heard uh, it reported that there have been many, if any, Russian fatalities as a result of uh, the vaccine. I'd be very interested to know what was really in the vaccine. Maybe it was um, ivermectin. Um, going along with the COVID narrative, you know, the Russians, the Russians will, and this gets back to their usual defensive posture, the Russians will not necessarily take issue with a narrative or with a story unless um, they really need to. And they determine need in a very narrow way. And back in 2020, Russia's government, I think, determined that there was no need necessarily to contest the mainstream COVID narrative, the need for the lockdowns, the necessity of the vaccines, et cetera, because I think Putin and his government felt that they could go along with the narrative um, and still protect the Russian population, which I think they've done. In the Russian economy is, is very healthy indeed, despite maybe because of the Western sanctions. And I think the Russians um, uh, uh, medically 
physically are, are, are thriving, um, unlike, you know, the excess mortality rates in the West that are off the charts. So, you know, don't look, don't look at the fact that Russia sort of uh, titularly went along with the COVID narrative. Look at if, whether the Russian people are thriving now. And I think all the indices are that they are. Um, as for mixing, Putin mixing with the West back in the day, you know, you got to sometimes get close to your enemies to see what they're up to. That doesn't mean you are one of them. It means you mix with them and all the better to gather intelligence and to understand them better. If you're going up against a rather diabolical enemy, which the globalists, the satanic globalists are, you need to know them. You need to know your enemy, to read them, to know their modi operandi, uh, all the better to fight and defeat them later on. Then I think, you know, Trump has done that and I think uh, Putin has done that. So these indicia of of being part of the cabal, I think, are extremely superficial in Putin's case and can be debunked very easily. I think he's he's very much in the in the camp of of of, of people who are fighting um, to defend humanity against against the the predatory parasites um, that have um, sought to run the world since um, 1963. Yeah, and that was one of the biggest. Um things I guess that's blown me away by this conference is that they have been people who you know who have addressed this conference have been willing to call out exactly who the problem is that you know it's these Satanist um, organizations and you know because there's been philosophers there's been religious people there's been political people business people from all across you know all aspects of society from all different nations um, it's, and it seems like there's been some really really open discussions been going on which certainly gives me hope. I mean, how are you feeling? Extremely optimistic. I, 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 couldn't be, I couldn't be more optimistic at this point. Um, and the reason there are people from sort of all walks of life and all professions at this conference is that the globalists have, have uh, tried to attack humanity in, in, in multiple ways. They've tried to poison us uh, via, via, via the ridiculous... Uh, food initiatives they've done. They've tried to poison us through the glyphosate and through the GMO. They've they've tried to poison us through their pharmacological products. They've tried to censor us when we object. It's techno-fascism. They've created a, a corporate uh, security services partnership, again, going back to the 1960s, that has um, prevented dissenters from alerting the public to the variety of nefarious agendas. And it very nearly succeeded very nearly succeeded but they're but we've pushed them back and they're on the defensive and we are on the offensive and what better way to announce it by convening this wonderful conference and getting people from academia and sciences and journalism to come together and to tell their stories about how the globalists were bearing down in their respective jurisdictions going after people in all walks of life to keep control of those national communities the russians have in a very graceful, gentle way, have um, sounded a trumpet. And the tide has turned. And the good people are going on the offensive now. And the rats are running. And the journalists, in inverted quotes, are being fired from places like News Hub. And I don't think these people will find alternative employment anytime soon. Because they're not journalists. They're propagandists. Yes, and that is why um, here at Counterspin we do feel so privileged that we were able to go and witness this conference. Please do go and support us, counterspinmedia.com, if you can. Now, what we're going to do is um, 
Kelvin has been meeting some wonderful people. One of them was the doctor uh, from Thailand. He was part of the team that helped Dr. Sukrit Bhakti. Many of you will know him, uh, the Thai German doctor who helped the Thai princess. Now, his name is Dr. Atapal Sugandhabiram. And we are now going to play this um, interview. He's part of the Thai Russian Cooperation Group and he's from the Faculty of Medicine at the Chula Longkorn University. He's a psychiatrist. So we're going to play that video now um, and then we will come back with Amy for comment. 28th of February 2024. Today is the day where most of the international attendees that uh, attended the uh, Russophiles movement here in uh, Moscow, Russia, uh, depart the country. Um, you uh, one such one who is departing? This is Dr. Atapol from Thailand. Yeah, uh, nice to meet you all. Uh, I actually, you know, uh, one of the attendees for this, you know, conference in Moscow. Now, the particular, there's, there's a, you know how when you go to conferences, you get to know people and you spend more time with them than others mm -hmm. because you just have a synergy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and this was one such um, incident where we were talking about a whole range of things. And of course, Dr. Atapol, well known. And then I thought, wait a minute, because me you mentioned uh, Dr. Bhakti. Dr. Bhakti. Yeah. Uh, Suchiri Bhakti, and, um, who was one of the people we had earlier on the show, we had sort of talked about his work and the fact that he, he was not backward and coming forward. He just came out and said, you guys are all crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is what you're doing if you continue along the path. Mm -hmm. So I found that fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, with your work in those areas yourself, mm -hmm. it just made sense like, yes, because mm -hmm. that, that's our thinking. I mean, we are not establishment people. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, uh, with you and your name and his name conjures up the Princess of Thailand. So, of course, our audience only ever hears through mainstream media or alternatives here. Mm -hmm. We want to hear from the people who treated her, them, your, your facility that treated her yourselves, and um, what the real story was with that. Did, was, was the, did the jab harm her? Okay, first thing first, I'm, I'm right now I'm still working as the faculty members. I'm also actually a psychiatrist and a medical teacher. I'm teach medical students and, you know, psychiatrist, young psychiatrist for many 30 years. You have a big job with me. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, going back to the question you asked, uh, it happened to be that uh, one of my colleagues, actually, uh, they are in the, the team that take care of the princess. Yeah. And you have to know that our princess, she is very healthy and she very, very athletic. You know, she, she really, really you know, go, I mean, jumping, hiking, whatever it is, very healthy. And uh, like a week or two, actually a month before the incident, they do uh, the checkup on her and everything fine, everything perfect, you know, very healthy, all right? Until on the day, uh, she did have a meetings with uh, her team. And then after the meeting, she went for a walk with the dog and that thing, boom, happened. And that's it. Wow. And, and uh, people, I mean, the official narrative, something like she got a very bad uh, bacterial infections, uh, which is called uh, mycoplasma infections. But you need to know mycoplasma is a very common bacteria. Perhaps you and me can have that. Yeah. Because it's something that, you know, everyone, I mean, 80% of people have that. But it stays with you, not really do any harm. Yeah. Unless you have a very weak immune. Okay? It has to be like very weak immune and have very bad, 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 bad. 
that it can enter into your heart and make its myocarditis. She never had that, right? So this is something that makes it suspicious. And then, three weeks before, she got she need to go to abroad. You know, she can have to like travel abroad. And uh, you know that when you need to travel abroad, if you know not you know uh, no wax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then because of that, you know what she got. And. Three weeks after that, this has happened. So basically, she's healthy up to a point. She's going to go international travel. Thinks I have to get jabbed to do that. Mm-hmm. Gets jabbed, then soon after, boom. Yeah. It sort of stands to reason that there's your problem. It's the only thing that's been externally introduced to the equation. Yep. So yep. there's a at least a. So so that's that's there. that's something that we you know, again, this is not the fact fact. You know what I mean? But this is something that we, why we have a questions and we wonders, you know, the healthy people, and you have these wonders for every athletes, and you know that there are a lot of athletes that are very healthy, and boom, they just collapse in the field for and, no reasons. And why is it that some doctors are just denying this is even happening, and they're trying to say, oh, that's a common occurrence, when we know it's not? See, in Thailand, they blame it on two things: uh, PM two point five, and heat stroke. The hell is that? Heat stroke, you know, heat. Oh yeah, 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 heat stroke, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they've been there all the time anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like Thailand suddenly got hot. Yeah, and 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 sometimes people sit in the you know air conditioned room and got heat stroke. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And 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 it's it's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's like, uh, you know, uh, they ask, they try to say you need to have the proof. You need to have the proof, but they did not think. To proof. Exactly. It's like so. So they want to demand proof from you that it didn't happen that way. Yes. Uh, but they won't. Um, but they won't give you the proof that it did. Wow. But even though people now we have the proof, now we have the proof. Yeah. For sure. Because uh, because some of that actually because of Dr. Bakdi and his team works. That he look at the the cops the autopsy findings, which is you know it's like the things for the medica- I mean medical uh, education. I mean the final answer have to be when you look at the bodies, the cells, and look through the microscope, and voila, they found the spike protein and mRNA in the cell of the heart or in cell of the brain or cell of you know vessels. And they could not find any other protein of the virus, so it's mean that it could not be the virus. It have to be the things. Because we were talking earlier, and it was quite fascinating, because I think some people like we were always uh, taking the position that in terms of like COVID itself, mm-hmm. COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. the one they've been pushing, that there was none like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was basically administered through the jab, mm-hmm. and that's why you get all your spike proteins and all your deaths and all that sort of thing. But you're not all jabs are the same. They seem to be putting out different batches. And you you, you were saying there's viruses everywhere. We live with them every single day. Viruses are all about uh, living. So they want you to be a host. They don't want to kill you. Yeah. And sometimes uh, certain viruses type things will come in and the body will say, I don't like you. I'll get rid of you. Mm -hmm. But you're fine. You can come in and we can live in peace. Mm -hmm. But you're saying the one that was created mm-hmm. is the one tricking the body into photocopying more of itself. That sort of thing? No, the virus actually tried to do that. 
right. everywhere else tried to copy itself. Yeah. But the one they're creating, it's actually the one that want to kill us. Ah. Okay? Because they want to make people scared. Yeah. So normally, whereas don't want to kill us, yeah. normally whereas want to like live with us. All right. Like symbiotic. Yeah, symbiotic. It uh, and and if you understand anything about the microbiome, which is something very interesting that we found out, uh, microbiome is simply state something like you know in our bodies a lot of germs, yeah. mostly bacteria, you know fungus, blah blah blah, living in our body, in our body, and the ratio is ten to one. Ten to one. It's uh. mean that within ourselves. There's 10 more not self living with us in, you know, in our body. But <clears throat> that's not called the virus. The virus who's living within ourselves, it's perhaps even more. But we make them stay put because we have our immune system. Yeah, and that's what they've been smashing. Our immune system, they've been destroying. Them. Yes, and that's their target. Because if we have like good immune system. We survived the virus and we survived those virus for 100,000 years. Yeah. All right. Now, going back to what they try to do, they know that the virus have to be something scary. So because of the gain of function research, if you understand the gain of function research is the, fun the research that make it worse, you know, make it more dangerous virus. Yeah. And they change the virus from the bat into the virus that can affect people and cause damage. But they know that if they kill everyone who got the virus, there will be no pandemic. Because exactly. then the person die and no spread out, blah, blah, blah. So they have to do something. So that's something they mix up the virus with the flu and make people thinking whenever that person get the flu or common cold, they also got COVID. Yeah, and that's where the PCR tests were bought yes. and lied to everyone. Yes, and see, then you have both the one that's scary and the one that easily spread out. Yeah. And now, to the, your questions, then they introduce the answer for that, all right? They care the problem, they introduce the answer for that, and that's going to be the jab, okay? The point is, when you look at the jab, what they put in the jab, it's the gene of the virus. And you have to understand, it's the gene of virus, this is not mRNA at all. Because when you're talking about mRNA, it's supposed to be messenger RNA. And it means that uh, whenever our cell wants to create the protein, yeah. we have to copy our DNA into messenger RNA. And that messenger RNA carry the message from the nucleus into cytoplasm and make the protein. And that's why it's called messenger RNA, because it's carrying the message. Just just at this point, there'll be probably be people out there saying, well, you just said he's a psychiatrist. What does he know about um, immune systems and all that? I have to let them know that he's also a geneticist. So that's just just to sort of take care of that, if, you, if you're wondering why he's talking about medical stuff when he deals just with the head. Trust me, the conversations we've had, he's on a level all on his own. Yeah, and I happened to do, uh, you know, study in one of our institute in U.S. and at, at Yale University. Yeah, so it's uh, I spent you know a couple of while doing the research in genetics. I'm not a good geneticist, you know, but I know the basics. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's all. And the cell. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the cell. Yeah, and and this is something like you know genetics 101. Yeah. Anyway, going back to what I said, so 
the virus is the RNA virus. In other words, this particular virus, the COVID virus or coronavirus, is the virus that is used genetic material. That genetic material is RNA. So the, the RNA stress that make the spike protein is actually the virus genes, the spike genes of the virus. So it's actually not the mRNA injection, it's a viral gene injections. Yeah. And they select the protein that the worst, I mean, the most dangerous protein of all the protein in the COVID. And they use that. They could pick other proteins to, to start, uh, you know, use as antigen to have the antibody toward that protein. Because let's say if you have like, you know, many parts of your body, and your head is like very dangerous one. Yeah. You can pick arm oh, um, or you know legs and whatever. Even though it's not the head, still our immune system gonna recognize. Oh, this is bad and attack. And it, yeah, it can get that. No, they don't do that. This is it's, different. Yeah, instead of picking the you know not so harmful parts, they pick the most dangerous part of the virus and make it into the injections and have your body cell create the bad you know, proteins, okay. yeah. Yeah, all the proteins were. And the spike, you know, spike have very, you know, sharpie. Like you took a bit of mole. Yeah, and also it, it, it can punctures. Yeah. The west cell, the brain cell, the heart, blah, blah, blah. Hence they found all the spike proteins in all the major organs when they're doing autopsies. Yes, yes. Which is why New Zealand refuses to do autopsies. And also, it's in the nucleus too. It's not only get out of the cell, it's also get into the nucleus and do the harm in the cells and create mass in the cells. And because of that mass, the cell become cancer cell. Hence we get the turbo cancer rise. Yes. That's all starting to make sense. Yeah. In New Zealand, um, people try to talk about uh, getting D-dimer tests. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what a D-dimer test is okay. and how that D-dimer is, is a test that look at uh, the, the, the blood, you know, clotting. Yeah. So normally the D-dimer should be low because we don't want to have blood clot in our, you know, west cells. Yeah. But because of the inflammation that caused by the spike protein, the inflammation trickle down the clotting process and increase the D-dimers. So it's make it easier for the blood to clot. And can, so if you have your jab and soon after you get a D-dimer test and it's showing there's uh, clotting, you know damn well there's something seriously going on. That's why they're stopping that too. And the thing that I think is very interesting though, because if you look at the clot, it's not a regular clot. Yeah. The white clot. Yeah. And it's like... Fibrous you know, material. Yeah, something that we never found before. And a lot of doctors try to say, no, that's normal, that's happened after yeah, you die, blah, blah, blah. Like that, eh? No, yeah. this is something different. And the more you know, scary stuff is like, they found it in even living people, living patients, you know, they do the surgery and that, yeah. So this is not something that happened after you die, it happened before, and uh, a lot of things happen, you know, right after the death. Normally, it takes time for the body, you know, to like uh, degenerate and, you know, have those signs, but because of this happened, a lot of people who after die become like, you know, die for like three days, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it, it, it's, it's very quick. Yeah. Finally, in Australia, I think uh, Senator Babbitt, uh, working with uh, Malcolm Roberts, they are having 
finally got a vote passed to look at the jab injuries and deaths mm-hmm. associated with it. Mm-hmm. The problem they have, I think, or the point they'll get to, is that they're contractually bound, like New Zealand, not to bring Pfizer its products, its distrib- distribution, manufacturing, everything into disrepute. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's a financial penalty mm-hmm. attached to it. Hence, that's why no one in the New Zealand government, with this new COVID inquiry that's coming out, none of them are actually talking about uh, the jabber injuries and deaths, only what can we learn? And did the border close down? Was it too extreme? Stuff like that. Not about the fact that, hey, how many do these, how many people do these pricks kill? And how many are maimed because of it who are going to have ongoing problems? Mm-hmm. But there is ways of treating even that, mm-hmm. you say. Because I was always on the understanding, based on the knowledge, and I'm, I'm happy, like I said, if people prove me wrong, mm-hmm. so I can have a paradigm shift and we can um, then increase our knowledge. Mm-hmm. So is there a way, even though it's meant to be gene-altering, mm-hmm. is there a way to reverse and have uh, reset the body's primal programming to be itself again? See, this is a very int- interesting question, and this is something that the, the simple answer is yes, there is a way. And this yes, actually, it's a nature way, all right? So if you understand the genetics, the cells, our genetic, it's like the like a guidebook of the self. Yeah. So you have to consult every time you want to build a new protein, and every protein that the cell built have to be like the same that you built when you're born. Yeah. All right. So in order to preserve these informations, our cell have the way to proofreading, make sure that the the information is correct. And that's very interesting. It's, it's not like, you know, other immune system that work outside the cell. This is something inside the nucleus, all right? Now, the thing is, if we find a way to improve that process, then that is the way to fix the things. And of course, we think that we find a way that we could do that. But of course, we need a lot more study. And we need for you guys, I know that you have, you know, yourself suffers from the disease. And I always say, if you guys sitting and doing nothing and hoping that someone gonna come and help you, forget it. You know That's what I mean? True. We've been saying the same thing. Because, you know, for me, for you, for us, we are okay because we have no jab. We are okay. We don't care. We fine. We have, you know, everything to protect us. So we want to help you. But you have to help yourself first. And that's the key. Because if you don't help yourself, who can help you? That's right. Even God could not help you if you don't start doing something. Well, that's right. You, I mean, as far as the God goes, mm-hmm. whoever God it is, you're given everything you need on this planet. Mm-hmm. For every disease known or unknown to mm-hmm. man, there's a natural remedy or cure. Yes. Um, and of course, that's what the pharmacia, the, the pharmaceutical companies, are trying to rob you of. You're right. <laughs> and the thing is, so your job is to spread out the message, to tell the truth, tell your own experience. You know, you don't need to hear from anyone. You just tell what happened to you, what happened to your family, what happened to whatever it is, yeah. and ask the government to start doing something because the power is in the population. I mean, the people. It's not in the you know, government, if the people say enough words, you know, we have the, what we call the critical mass. If a lot of people talking about that enough, then they have to listen to you. And then you have to, you know, make the culprit 
responsible. Exactly. And that's what we've been, at Counterspin Media, we've been doing exactly that. We've been smashing the mainstream narrative, mm -hmm. calling them out on everything, mm -hmm. telling them when we make bold statements to mm -hmm. prove us wrong then. And in their quest to try to do so, they haven't been able to. And the thing that's very interesting though, because I'm, a, I'm the academic, you know, yeah. I'm a scientist, I'm a doctor and scientist. And uh, the thing that we love for academics is to have the debate. Yeah, which they've stopped. Yeah, because, you know, if you look at the evidence, of course, the evidence, you know, new evidence came out all the time. And because of evidence, we can change our ideas because of evidence. Proof. Yes. And, you know, I welcome to see all the evidence that they have to prove their point. But the thing that's very interesting, though, is that they don't want to show their evidence. They don't want to share the evidence. They don't want to hear our evidence. And they said, because they are academic. <laughs> yeah. And, and one other thing that I think is very... They're like philosophers. Yeah. They just sit around and think shit up. Yeah. And, and the thing that I think is very, very crucial, though, because uh, <clears throat> in my country, whenever that we have, you know, like discussion, blah, 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 they always say, they are the experts, okay? So you're supposed to listen to the expert because the experts told you blah, 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 blah. You have to believe it. Yeah. yeah. And then I ask the question, okay, if you are the expert, how come there is a pandemic? <laughs> how come you have to shut down the economics? How come everything's drastically wrong because yeah. of your advice? Exactly. So you don't tell me that you are expert Anything. unless you can kill the disease, unless you can stop the pandemic. So if you cannot deliver the result, you're not the expert. And of course, those who can aren't allowed to talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we've seen that. I mean, in New Zealand, we've got a, a organization called New Zealand Doctors Speaking Up With Science. There's also New Zealand lawyers speaking mm -hmm. up with science and, and teachers and that. Mm -hmm. Um, but they do a phenomenal job, mm -hmm. you know, and they've been pushing back mm -hmm. from the start, mm -hmm. gathering the evidence. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, there is, it's incontrovertible. Mm -hmm. The proof is there. Mm -hmm. People have been harmed and killed by the jab. Mm -hmm. We are still struggling to find someone who's been, who's died and got killed by the virus. Mm -hmm. No one can find them. Mm -hmm. But the jab has certainly caused a lot of problems, and they're actually doing a, a fantastic shout-out. I may not agree with some of the people within that organisation, but by and large... They're an amazing group. New Zealand is a very interesting country because New Zealand is actually, you know, you can say free of COVID <laughs> because of the island nature of New Zealand and, you know, there's no... I don't COVID. think it ever arrived. Yeah, but New Zealand also came up with the excess debt from where? You don't know. Exactly. Yeah, they found we have it now. Mm -hmm. Excess all-cause mortality of about between 17 and 20 percent. And that actually helped us too, because we also found excess debt, and they always say, because of you do blah, 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 because of other things, because of heat stroke, you know, PM 2.5, whatever it is. New Zealand doesn't have that. That's right, and you've also got it in the UK, mm -hmm. and you've got it in a lot of other countries. But I noticed one thing interesting I found out about uh, during our uh, talks, because as you know, we do most of our work in the reception area or mm -hmm. just over dinner. I didn't realize that Iran mm -hmm. rejected the yeah. that jab. Yeah. 
and the Chinese too yes. rejected that jab, and that's why they didn't have so many. You know, from the beginning, that's a clip out from China, and the one who the guy falling over dead. No, 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 no. This is this is a guy who in the party is someone up there in the party. Yeah. All right, and he addressed to the party meetings, and what he said is something like, "We're not gonna have those biological weapons." Jab in our people. Wow. He he said it outright. That jab is biological weapons. Well, the, but they're accusing China of making them, of of releasing this virus, because I personally believe it never came from there. I think that's the part to keep the story alive. Yes. I think that's the control opposition. Yeah. Uh, we know that they've been in the Ukraine, bioweapon labs mm -hmm. in the Ukraine. Uh, I've heard it unofficially from someone, but I want them on camera. Mm -hmm. um, but the US, remember back in the day mm -hmm. where the, uh, it was news for about a week mm -hmm. and then it just went dead. No, you couldn't find much about it. He got, um, there was two Chinese students mm -hmm. who were tied to the, the, the military mm -hmm. in China. And he was uh, arrested for smuggling biological material from mm -hmm. his university mm -hmm. over to Wuhan or something. Mm -hmm. I think the originating, and I, and I think they used the gain of function to put in the jab. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. It's the jab that's causing the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So you could actually say it's an American virus or American See, uh, issue. My approach is very simple. Who got the benefits? <laughs> Just like blowing up the pipe stream, they're trying to blame Russia for basically getting rid of all of the billions of dollars they would have made. Yeah. They're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're just looking who got the benefit, then the answer is there. That's yeah, you're like my mother, actually, because she says, always ask yourself, who benefits by you believing them? Mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. I believe nothing. Mm -hmm. Blindly, you question everything, especially mm -hmm. if it comes from someone in authority. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's sort of stuck with us all through our lives. Mm -hmm. And that's why we do what we do. Yep. So, you yeah, know, that's very good. Yep. But yeah, it's been fascinating conversation. And I know, I know there's more to come. There's more installments because mm -hmm. we'll be working together on a few things, mm -hmm. um, which we won't tell anyone about mm -hmm. uh, just now. Mm -hmm. But there's some amazing things happening. Uh, this trip here has solidified a great number of people mm -hmm. who are coming together with like-mindedness, like purpose, uh, who have a love for humanity. Mm -hmm. And like the doctor said, this is all about discussion, debate, discord, arguing everything out because then you get to the, the facts and evidence you then can improve on it and make it even better rather than digressing mm -hmm. so i really appreciate it we will catch up yeah. again and My soon i will be in thailand and sure. we will uh sure. then go on to that sure. other country we're talking about sure yeah thanks very much for watching beauty good oh i'm so proud of calvin what did you think of that interview amy I think it was a really wonderful example of what independent, objective, well-intentioned, curious, open-minded journalism looks like. There you have Calvin genuinely wanting, posing honest questions in a genuine desire to know something from someone who has knowledge and who is equally willing to engage and give genuine answers. So it's a colloquy that will be a model for journalism going forward. A journalist asking an expert direct, 
honest, genuine questions and the expert being willing to engage, willing to answer to the best of their ability. It was a very productive conversation. It conveyed a number of viewpoints that the viewer could take in. And, and, and I think the viewer will get the sense that the questions posed were honest and well-intentioned and that the answers given were honest and well-intentioned. Of course, MSM is just engaged in gotcha journalism and they have usually the intent to deride anyone who uh, they think might have information that they don't like. And it's, uh, it's poison journalism, this attitude of either doing being gotcha journalism or interviewing uh, people and just giving softball questions um, with, with no, with no uh, intention to challenge anything. Um, I think Kelvin really exemplified um, the kind of journalism that we want to see going forward. Yeah, I think it comes a lot down to what you're talking about, like the humility, because often we get these talking heads, these experts in mainstream media, and they just have no humility. They just they actually talk down to the audience. They think the audience is stupid. Uh, here at Counterspin, we really want to um, assume that the audience is intelligent. We know that the Counterspin media audience is, uh, we like to think, the most intelligent audience here in New Zealand. Um, so seeing a doctor, you know, humbly share his expertise um, with someone like you say who's actually genuinely interested is is the way forward and we, yeah we're so proud to be part of that and I think it was a big story that the Thai princess um you know ha- having th- this um well we we believe from what we can tell yeah that it was a COVID uh, vaccine injury and that was a big story you know that was that's a big deal because um she is so well known and she's so beloved in her country that when someone like that um, has a medical incident, someone who's so young and so healthy, that it really, people do take notice. And, um, I mean, that was a big part of the, the, I guess, exposure of COVID, well, of Pfizer, essentially, I guess, these manufacturers of this um, poison. And hopefully it just continues, Amy, with with a lot more um, people with high profiles coming forward and actually becoming known that they have been affected by these. Like, you know, here in New Zealand, the the Green Party MP, he, he, I mean, you know what we like to think, I guess mainstream's not ready to admit it just yet. Well, I mean, one doesn't need to dance around the issue. This was a, a vaccine intended to kill. And it was intended to to injure, if not kill. And the Thai doctor basically describes how the vaccine, you know, quotes, um, how the vaccine, it very cleverly designed, diabolically cleverly designed, how it functions to kill and injure. And that is astounding. I mean, this is a highly qualified expert with a dissenting view that has been difficult to get out. We need journalists like Counterspin like ad calendar spin to help get out these dissenting views. But these dissenting views are, are soon going to be the majority view because the evidence is becoming absolutely the evidence that these vaccines were, were kill, kills really to degrade and depopulate the human population. It's becoming overwhelming. And, you know, I can reference the very young data here in New Zealand, but it goes way beyond that. Um, these dissenting views are no more. The, the dissenting views are getting out and they will become the majority view. And a lot of scientists have a lot to answer for and they will. 
Yeah, and I guess we sh- probably should pay tribute to another Russian who's living in America now, um, if I've got that correctly, but Sasha Latjapova, she was uh, working for the um, pharmaceutical industry and she has she does she's definitely not backwards and coming forwards um, with you know saying that this is literally a military operation this is DARPA that has initiated this technology and yeah it's basically what genocide of, of, of the whole human race or a big percentage of us the evidence is there for anyone who wants to listen the evidence is there and now we just need the evidence enforced against the perpetrators and the process, we've got to let the process play out, but it will be enforced and they will be held accountable. Denazification took a, took a while. It had to run its course and it did. It didn't go far enough. This time we will. And we will get eventually every bureaucrat, every scientist, so-called, every university administrator, every corporate employer who went along with, this, with these crimes. Okay, well, in that case, do you want to make a few maybe predictions for this year? I mean, how can we see 2024 playing out? Um, people are probably, you know, wanting some good news. Uh, I mean, I've been watching this roll out for four years now. So before we wrap up, have you got any thoughts about this year? I think we're at the stage where, now I'm, I'm not going to be shy about saying that I do believe there are white hats, again, uh, who are opposing um the cabal, the evildoers, that doesn't mean that we citizens on the ground just sit back and eat popcorn and do nothing. Um, but, 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 but I believe that we do have allies in high places, I call them the white hats, um, who on our behalf have been, um, since Trump entered office, um, been taking it to the cabal structures. I think they've had a lot of success uh, in the last um seven years since uh, 2017. And I think they have so weakened the cabal that we really can, in a sense, um, declare victory. But that doesn't mean that our job is over. Because I think what the White Hats are doing is they're allowing cabal actors, weakened as they are, to still stay on the scene. People like um, Luxon and Trudeau in Canada and Macron in France. But they have no real power. So why do the White Hats allow them to stay there? Because, you know, if you subscribe to, you know, sort of mainstream, the classic virology and vaccine science, and I'm not saying that you should, but if you do, the whole theory of a vaccine is that you take a weakened form of the virus at issue and you inject it into the body. I mean, the idea is to have the immune system come bearing down on the virus and beat it because it's just a weakened small form of the virus. And I think that's what the White Hats are doing. They're allowing the cabal in their weakened state because they're already really defeated, parade and pontificate still on the world stage in the hopes that our respective body politics will come bearing down on them and say, we reject your agenda. We we reject all elements of your anti-human agenda. And we come bearing down on them and we stand up and we say, this far, no further. And I think it's incumbent upon all of us throughout our national communities to do that. Um, it helps to have allies in the media to do that. And I think that's where counterspin comes in, I think, and, and the counterspin versions in other countries. We need honest media. It's media up till now has been controlled and is a controlling agent. If we get honest media, the people will be more effective in confronting the virus, which is the cabal, 
in its weakened form right now. That's what we need to do. And I think that's what's going to happen, getting back to your question, Hannah, in 2024. It's ours, it's, it's ours to win. It's ours to win. We must merely stand up for agendas with the help of media, honest media outlets. And 2024 will be our year, the year of we the people worldwide. We the people in national communities who want to live, want to insist on our lives and not being told we have to go into that good night of destruction, which is what the cabal always wanted. It's ours for the win. And we need the help of Counterspin Media to do that. If we've got that, 2024 will be one for the ages. One for the ages. The greatest moment in human history since um, Christ walked the earth. And that is why we love having you on the show because not only are you just so well read and um, so academic, but you hold the, you know, the other side, the the spiritual side as well, and and the the positive side and and the real heart for humanity. So we really um, thank you for coming on, and I just want to say. If you guys want to go and check out Amy's uh, articles, please do go and check her out on Wikipedia, Amy Benjamin. Uh, For once, actually, and quite unusually, her Wikipedia page is very objective and pretty fair. So that's where you'll find all her um, great articles. Is there anything else that you wanted to add, Amy, before we say goodbye? I just want to express gratitude to Counterspin Media. I think um, Kelvin's going to Moscow is 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 a tremendous, uh, we should interpret that as a real compliment that the international community is paying you guys for all your hard work. I would ask that any that your viewers support you financially. Um, to the viewership, I'd say that delivering this kind of content requires energy and requires uh, funding. So to any people in New Zealand who have some money, and especially to any rich Americans, I'm thinking rich Texans who may be listening, you could not do better than opening up your wallet and sending some money this way because these guys are doing great work in an extremely important country that's not only part of Five Eyes but is a gateway to a very important content, uh, continent, Antarctica. This country needs to be one for the side of light. Counterspin Media is a great tool for doing that. So please support this outlet. And I'll end it on that. Oh, well, that's so kind of you to say, Amy. Thank you so much for your support. And also you have your Rumble channel, The American Spirit. If you guys want to catch Amy's um, beautiful musings, she does quick uh, videos. They're always uplifting and, you know, really inspirational as well. So check her out there. Thanks, Amy. It's been great having you on. Always a pleasure. She is just such a lovely woman and we always love having her on. And I just want to say thank you to everybody at home for watching. You guys are the reason why we do this. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys actually wanting this information. So if you feel like you've um, received some knowledge, like Amy said, please don't hesitate to get behind us, counterspinmedia.com. We can't do it without your support. We don't have the big corporate funders. Uh, We make sure at this point that there's no advertising that you have to sit through. And if we were to do any advertising, we would own only um, allow those companies whose products and services we fully back, um, we would only let them be the ones to advertise with us. So check us out and please share this information as well because there's a huge censorship going on. On Facebook, we're, we're so shadow banned. You'll never see a post or um, notification of ours come up. Uh, we can't be on YouTube. We've got one more strike there and then we'll be off. Um, so please find us on Rumble. There's a link there or 
use the banned.video link. Um, but again, that link sometimes gets you banned on Facebook. So put it in an email, share the links, um, get them all, and or forward our emails. Please do join our newsletter, counterspinmedia.com, and that way you will get the episodes and the special assignments like this Operation Moscow sent straight to your inbox. So thanks again everyone for watching and thanks again to the Counterspin team. They are just phenomenal. Uh, if only you guys knew what goes on behind the scenes with such a small team. You would just, I think, be amazed. So thanks everyone and we will see you again very soon. You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution at counterspinmedia.com and now, on the InfoWars Network, at band.video.